by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code, with your host, Charles <laughs> Rosen, Did I say that? Yeah. Harry Mullen, this thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero, I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we are again on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Uh, this is going to be a really fun episode. We're talking about commencement. It's such a big, big episode for 90210 fans. Big transition. There's a lot to talk about in so many different ways. Um, I want to say hi to Dan Adius, who's back with us again. Uh, awesome episode. Uh, you just come. You were just telling us you're coming back from New York, doing shooting some billion stuff. Uh, yeah. How was? It? How's New York these days? New York is coming back. It was very encouraging. You know, it's. Uh, uh, it feels like life is kind of uh, in the spring is happening, which is really nice. The park is beautiful. People are out at the park. Didn't have to wear masks in the park. So it was great. It was great. Awesome. Did you shoot one episode or two, Dan? Two. Two. The last two of the fifth season. Which, oh, uh, beautiful. Congratulations. wait watch those ones. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Big yeah. fan. And Karen Rosen, how are you? It's good to see you again. I'm very good. Nice to see you. Thanks. Yeah, really nice writing on all this. And Chuck, of course, how are those Dodgers doing these days? We love to start with baseball. <laughs> well, we, that's a long season. That's what I say. Long season. Long season. That's what Get I say. Get back to me in September. <laughs> uh, and Melanie, you're with us. How's all going with you, class of 98? Yeah, things are good. Um, happy to be here today. I haven't seen this episode in forever, so it'll be fun to talk about it. And um, let's let's kick it off. Let's do it. That's right. All right. So Chuck and Karen, let's talk about the this episode. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of great clips, and I'm talking about clips from the show that you guys spread out through uh, to show kind of like a best of the things that have happened in the last three seasons. You're going to transition into season four. What was the process like for you writing these? These the two part episode on Hulu. I don't know if it aired as one or if it was two weeks in a row. I don't know that information. Oh no, no, it was a it was a it was a two hour special. Mm -hmm. It was our ratings were so good for the episode that we actually made the front page of Variety the next day. Wow! Um, and um, and it was always intended to be this. The one thing that, that most remember about, many things I remember about this, this particular episode, but one of them that, that you don't, wouldn't know if you see it, is that the moment that the end, my end credit came on, or, or excuse me, the last, yes, my end credit, not even the last one, my end credit to end the episode, there was immediately uh, one of the stars, I can't remember which one, did a short little blurb for uh, Fox promising that the show was not ending, that we were coming back, that it was going to college, because this was Mr. Spelling's major concern of during this. I'm going to just cut you off. 
Chuck, I'm going to cut you off for one second because we have a very special guest joining us. Oh, please. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Madam President. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. hey. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, good to see you. How are you? Great. We Thanks. were just getting into this, Gabrielle, talking about commencement. We talked uh, beforehand, and you were telling me this is one of your one of your favorite episodes. Yeah, it is. is. It's one yeah. of my. I had to ask them to make that I could be the uh, valedictorian. Victorian. I'm changing my glass. <laughs> yes, I love doing it. I was really proud to be able to do it, and they can remember much more of it than I can. <laughs> well, you may have asked us to be a valedictorian, but it was already in the book that you were the valedictorian. Uh, you know, and 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 we just have all watched it again, and and just the way that you. That you, you know, in that particular, that last scene when you recover and you just start speaking and you remember it and you really bring up the the hope and optimism of a graduation of a of a generation. And I think you, the words that were there that mostly come from Karen, you know, were really um, uh, I, I think makes the episode. I think otherwise it, it would be a little bit just you know, oh, there's a clip and here's a clip and here's a clip. It really is the the culmination. And you were so funny. And, and, you know, I mean, I know you probably people don't think of you, especially now as, as someone who does comedy, but yes, you do. My whole yes, life is a comic act. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm seeing, well, it's so good to see everybody. I did love that show. I know that's what you're talking about, but I can't help that I'm seeing Dan Adius, wow. who I just haven't seen for so yeah. long. Yeah. 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 How are you? Very best director. Diana wanted me to, to you know, remind, well, I mentioned that, not mentioned, she reminded me that maybe one of the last times we saw each other, I think we had dinner at your house. It was like, uh, it was probably just after the show, and that was so many years ago. But it was, uh, it was really uh, a wonderful experience. And I so loved watching you in this episode. You really. Chuck mentioned the speech. I really did was a tearjerker to me listening to that. It was so, it kind of brought together. I mean, that's kind of the thing about this episode that I think was so great is it really just embodied the heart of the whole appeal of this show. It's like friendship. And, and it was all about friendship relationships. And yeah. being there for each other, you know? And I think that's probably what so many people responded to is they, they wish they had friends like that, you know? Yeah. Maybe too, but I mean, just the meaning of things is really in the relationships with other close friends. And that you can go through all the hard times, but in the end, you have each other. And I think in society right now, we need that more than ever. Air it now, and everybody will gravitate because people are longing to be yeah. able to reconnect. Well, we to air it, but we understand they don't air it on um, on who. Because, yeah. uh, because of some of the clearances that were embedded, some of the music is embedded in the show, and they and they didn't change that music because they couldn't, and so they don't air it on Hulu right now. It's it's a, like a collector's item, practically. Which is one of the reasons Gabrielle and Dan went. Now we're doing shows with, with very few exceptions that you can't see on Hulu, right? Because there are a lot of them, and they usually anyone that has live performance. So some of the stuff that we had in the senior breakfast when they sing uh, the parody to the theme for Dobie Gillis uh, to Brandon loves a good, you know, that that wipes it out. So no one can see it. And it's part of the problem. 
I want to announce, though, since we're talking about it, and Gabrielle, it's a political issue, so I think you'll be interested in it. I'm actually writing a letter right now to Congressman Lou, Ted Lou, who's asked me to write the letter, to see if we can get our, at least a percentage of our episodes and others who have had their music stripped, for whatever mm -hmm. reason, in the Library of Congress. Because oh. the leadership of the television industry is not going to step up on this. This is not the film business. This isn't the music business. And they have great music they, they preserve and great movies they preserve. Mm -hmm. Television, they haven't gotten into yet. Clearly, we need them. In other words, in the Library of Congress with the original uh, right. score. With and the original things that people right. can see it if they want and, and have it. I think, At least I have think it Ted Lou would be very supportive of that. I can't imagine him being a I host. hope so. You know, we'll see my congressman, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, yeah, kind of, uh, kind of, yeah, we're trying to get... That's a good point. But you know, it's a kind of funny irony about the the idea, uh, the subject of music rights on this episode, is you know when I was editing the show after shooting it, and all and from the script originally there was always indicated a wonderful song to end the episode. It was the Eagles song, and uh, I forget what it was. End of the innocence. The first stanza. Yeah, and we cut it, and it was so beautiful. I mean, the song that's in now is is lovely, and it works well. But the end of the innocence was so perfect, and uh, it was painful. But we couldn't air it because the licensing fee was going to be enormous. Right. Hmm. So it had to be, you know, substitute. Well, that's not actually the reason, Dan. It wasn't the licensing fee. I'll tell you, the reason was is, is and it was an and it was uh, theoretically an apology because um, Irving Azoff was the man who managed the Eagles. And he also was the man who released our soundtrack album. So we mm -hmm. went to him to go to uh, Don Henley. And it's a very personal song for Don Henley, as you can imagine. Perfect. And Don Henley, who ironically is, has been long time represented by Lindsay's father-in-law, uh, has, has um, he just said no. And, you know, and, and, and with apologies. Uh, and we would get that sometimes. Um, so I, 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 uh, Give a pass on that because I love Don Henley and I love the song. But anybody <laughs> listening, go to the third stanza, line it up. Um. <laughs> Our editor friend Todd has done this, and it is. And after I've seen it, it's impossible to see it differently. Undo it, right? Yeah, yeah, like now that I've seen that version that you guys intended, it's hard to go back to what the other version sounds like. Uh, fake music, even though it's a real song. Are um, you willing? To, are you willing to show it on this, or do you want to save it for? I'll, I'll, I will. I will, but I'll add it. I'll edit it in later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, Gabrielle, I wanted to ask you, you know, what you guys were talking about before about uh, reading, reading the speech and all that, um, you know, watching this in New Jersey when I was younger, I mean, like you guys kind of talked about, it was, it was the end of the innocence. It was the end of our high school. Um, a young Gabrielle Carteris, does she understand that as a, as an actor, that this is going to be speaking to high school students and people all over the place, or is she just in the... Because it's it's so it's so powerful now. We're looking back at it all these years later. But where are you at that time in in your life when you're doing that speech? So I really do remember that time because I really did want to do that speech. And you were actually thinking of having Jason do it. You're saying it's between you and Jason. We're not sure. I said it should be Andrea. She fought so hard. Why would you just like? And I remember. And then you said you're right. We're going to do it. And I think that it was. Uh, huh. 
Good decision on Charles's part. <laughs> but I think it was really, for me, it was a, a, a real state. I didn't think about for all the kids who are watching. I actually felt it was a statement to our relationship together. And I think that it was, for me, it was a very emotional kind of, we've arrived through a really long journey together. It really did feel like a graduation. It really did feel like that that's what it was. And it was a very celebratory kind of, you know, reflective time. It was a, it was a great, uh, that was probably one of the happiest moments for me in working on that show to have that moment and opportunity to be given the ability to do the valedictorian speech. It really, <laughs> I, I took it personally. <laughs> I want to ask you to, cause Karen, it's beautiful. The, the words are just so beautiful. And for you, Gabrielle, when you read them, and you know that Karen wrote them. I mean, you do you feel the same way? Like this is so beautiful what, what she has written here. Well, Karen, Karen did a great job with that. She was, you know, Karen writes with heart for sure. And so um, I, I'm just appreciative. It was just great to be able to, you know, speak the words that she wrote, but it really is true. Karen, we've never talked about that, but you really do write with heart. And so it was really a nice, it was a fun, it was really fun speech to be able to do and to to share with everybody because there were a lot of underlying messages in that in that moment and i'm going to let you go in a, in a second about i want to ask you to you know at this point in the show uh you guys are going to be transitioning to college after this season what was your feeling about that was were you i don't know what did you feel like we're going to be okay we're going to be the show where were you what were you thinking about how the show was going to do and move into it because you're talking about this being so impactful yeah. you're all graduating together this is a very special moment there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and whatnot and now we have this big thing going on too in the next season right. so what were you kind of feeling i no i think i was just living in gratitude i love the idea that we were going to the Oh my God, we're graduating and continuing. We yeah. made it. Oh my God, we're not over yeah, yet. Exactly. This is like every year, every single year, it's like, this is the year. This is the year. <laughs> and I, to think, I was just a regular for the five years, just coming guesting after that. But I, every year for me was like, am I going to be able to pay my rent? Am I going <laughs> to, is it going to keep going on? It's going to grow. And I think uh, by that time, I felt comfortable and confident with the show where it was at. But I did love the idea that was going to continue on and it allowed for different kinds of stories, right? Because now everybody's getting older. So it gave permission to maybe be a little bit more out there. And I, and I like that. I love that as an idea. I mean, just it, it allowed for more room for more storytelling. You know, there had not been a successful college show before that. I, when I was in college, I proposed that as an idea. I thought, why isn't there a show about, college is so much fun and i was told that well it was 1970 you know in the 70s they said no you can't college is sex and drugs and rock and roll these days you can't show that on tv and you know <laughs> certainly have blown through that right well one of the things i always thought about that is that the high school experience almost no matter where you went to high school and and there are things in here and had been through all the seasons that were things that dan and i we're familiar with while we were at Beverly Hills High School. But the high school experience is universal. College, did you go to a big state university? You in the Ivy Leagues? It was a small little college. You're a community college. It's, it, it isn't, um, you know, homogeneous. There's so many different. So you're not reaching in terms of how the old ne the network think was, find the largest audience. 
and colleges immediately start, it makes it more niche. Today, it's all niche, so every show could be in college. Well, I might, the show, if it had started as a college show, might never have made it because it, the audience grew with us. It, oh, you know, absolutely. You know, well, you remember, your fans, exactly, yep, totally. But you remember, we kind of got boxed in. It was Mr. Spelling was really angry. Fox um, put out a college series. Uh, Peter Chernin bought one. I, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it was, it asked, Leonard Goldberg produced it, it last one season. But because for what you say, there wasn't that history and the history that we established and moved on. The other thing that I really loved, last thing I want to say about it to you, Gabrielle, is that when you're speaking about these friendships that will go on in real life, that's what you and the cast have. Right. You've had this, these friendships, these deep friendships, uh, you know, and uh, it, 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 and that's very moving to someone like myself, to know that, that you guys are uh, are still the team. Yeah, we are. We love each other very much. And it's yeah. really interesting to see how everybody's lives have evolved. It really is. Yeah. And it's so good to see you guys. I can't yeah. even tell you. I have to get ready for another something well, I have to do. Yeah. I didn't want to miss this moment to be able to say hello and to send good thoughts. And again, congratulations for the show. Thank you. And Dan, it's so beautiful to see you. It really is. Congratulations on all your success, Gabrielle, and everything wow, you're doing. Thank you. You're doing amazing. Thank you, and you're fighting the fight, and we appreciate you so much on so many uh -huh. levels. So uh, thank you so much, Gabrielle, for being here, and we will see you again soon, I'm sure. All right. Blessings, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right. It's always good seeing Gabrielle, right? Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, Chuck, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but we're wild to do. No. Yep. Uh, I think you were talking about um, some, the, an article that had come out is what you were talking about. Uh, I, I think that's where we were. I'm sorry, Pete. I don't exactly, uh, I was so overwhelmed by Gabrielle. I don't exactly yeah. remember uh, where I was on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but right. I do know that. Uh, there was a lot of concern. We've talked about it. Mr. Spelling was very concerned about us moving away from high schools. That's why we had that PSA right his moment the show ended. And and Fox was concerned that uh, and Spelling was concerned that we could not afford all these clips that we were using. And um, and 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 I can't. And as usual, even though. It's not 32. I got the number wrong. I just checked 27 different clips. <laughs> we came in under budget on what they had put as the clip and music budget by a, a few thousand dollars. It was good. But um, they were really concerned it was not going to have any kind of internal thrust to it. It was just going to be, you know, almost like this is your life. And I think that Karen and I with Dan were very hard weaving in the narrative. One of the things I love that you did, Dan, is that how on every and, and I thought you you got some really fine performances as you always do with your actors. But to to when you come out of a clip, you know, you come in, it would be everybody had their own. Here, do you remember this story? Do you remember this? Do you remember this? And you come out. And the one that particularly really moved me was although I don't love the sequence of the, the um, when, when Brandon's falling off the mountain because it doesn't look re that realistic to me. I, didn't, I wasn't there when they did it. I don't think you would have necessarily shot it that way. But nonetheless, 
that that uh, that it's it, you know in that levity of the of the senior breakfast, that look on Luke uh, and Dylan remembering that moment, and you and, and when it comes out, you you transition to that, and you know what he's thinking, and I think it's that you did that almost every one, you know, that you'd come back to it. And I think that's what gave this episode so much depth mm. because it showed the, speci the specificity of these relationships. And, and, it was, and it was great how it was integrated to, it, you got what their present day, uh, how it was affected by that scene in the past. Exactly, you could see turning points and, you know, in relationships that led to this moment kind of thing. Uh, you know, I mean, Chuck really structured this episode, and we have to give him the credit for that because he's the master of that to try to have not only scenes between every pairing you could imagine in the show, but the different, you know, you'd think Brandon Brenda, you'd think maybe Dylan Kelly, but you wouldn't maybe think Steve and, you know, and someone else. And and we have every single, you know, ground, you know, way that it was, even in the very last scene, Brenda is uh, Steve is standard between Brenda and D and Brandon, which was really interesting. You know, that was how they were seated at that point. And so he was, it was showed him enmeshed in there as well. And every, everyone is linked in the parents, the moms, the dads, everybody came back and it was just. Well, I, I really appreciated what you guys did in terms of deepening the story by giving the story, all those kind of, associations and it was great and it, i mean that's what you love as a director you get something to really work with meat to like oh get to really dive deep into the characters and what's happening below the surface and it was just really really well conceived and i also really appreciated you know it it, it intercut with really interesting stories present day and i i mean the one you know the one that really surprised me how much i was moved by it was Brian's story. I mean, he was kind of in many ways kind of the ballast of the whole thing. I mean, because he had an active, he had an active uh, conflict concern. He was going to not graduate. And uh, I, I was so moved, you know, again, by that. I mean, that was one of my favorite episodes that I got to direct was the next 50 years. But that scene in the in the uh, broadcast booth, I was so glad that was reprised. Yeah. Brian, Brian acted so well throughout the whole thing. And then the flashbacks, he acted so well, too. So I, yeah. that was one thing that really jumped out. Well, Karen, yesterday was Tori Spelling's birthday. That's right. So uh, Karen wrote Tori a really nice note and said, we had just watched this and, you know, see how far you, you came as an actress, even in those three seasons. Yeah. And I think the same can be said for Brian. I think that he still to this day we'll talk about how that episode changed him as an actor. Wow. Yeah. You, 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 and, it was kind of, and it was kind of interesting too, how you saw it in the flashback you chose uh, of the, I love that scene on the, on the, the mall outside or whatever, when, uh, you know, his friend, I'm blanking on. Uh, oh, Scott. 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 Yes. Cowboy hat on. Uh, and it was so heartful the way, uh, you know, Brian was able to portray, you know, yes, he wanted to move on. Yes, he was happy. He's one of the cool kids. But he also really felt bad to be leaving this kid behind. And he, you know, it was just very, very touching. And very, and that's kind of a transition, kind of Brian's own transition in his, in his acting life right. was kind of, uh, you know, a mirror. So. And, then, and then following it up, I really like the fact that we were not lurid 
and we played the shot in in black and it was yeah. like well if you knew the show you knew someone had died now you're going to understand it you didn't need to see it it would we didn't have to do very exploitative moment there uh and and um i think that 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 and then the, and then the gunshot by doing that also then becomes uh, really has a lot of power into yeah. it as yeah. well. Yeah. Chuck, a question for you. When you were structuring this, how did you pick the moments? Because there's so many great moments in the first few years of 90210. So getting them all in is it has to be a challenge. You're probably thinking of this. I want this. I want that. I'm sure you could come up with 40 of them. You know what I mean? How well, you well the, if you, you know, the one thing that I noticed from, from watching it last night is that the first ones we did in the first, I'd say the first third, the first half of the of the episode were more comedic, and then um, as it went on, the more um, dramatic scenes, the gunshot of, of Brenda and Dylan, um, uh, you know, he gets to me, always gets to me moment, um, you know, those those were 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 as as the show uh, evolved. So I think that that was one of the things that guided me and the other one was that okay every character needs to have that moment i must ask you guys because you dan and pete you've just karen you just watched it did we give one to cindy i know we gave it to james well you had cindy in the in them naked bath and getting the phone call about brian about you know right and that's probably was hers even though it felt like a little more jim because then we we played the other scene with him and brandon the, the resolution of that Right. Um, that I will be your day. You fucked up, but I'm. I love you. And- no, I, I think you gave her her due. I think that was a very moving moment. And and uh, now that you mentioned Jim, I was so touched by him. I mean, it's like he's like you know he's kind of the forgotten guy because it's about the kids and all that. Yeah. But he, he, had, he brought he brought so much heart to that. You know, I mean, just in that moment, I'm. It's one that's coming to me is when. Uh, like he's no. telling Brenda, you'll always be my little girl. Brenda, yeah. In ways that 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 got past the cliche of it all, and you just really felt the truth of that for him. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chuck, Chuck, you you mentioned that you'd have to pay for these clips. I think fans might be confused by that because they would assume that you own the clips because of the you know the show should own their the clips of the show. So well, why, right. would, why would you? Yeah. Because it, it it's reuse. So there's certain uh, people you have to pay. You have to pay the, the all the actors, the writer and the director. Um, composers are not happy. I, I think maybe now, the composers get paid now, Dan. I don't think they were paid then. I don't know. I don't Probably know. not because they're composers. Uh, yeah, I just learned, Chuck was reminding me that um, two points I have to make. One is that um, when, uh, I think her name is Gabrielle Anwar, is that the, the ice skater? Uh, it was a feature yeah. actress. She had done that beautiful movie with um, with uh, Pacino. Pacino, Scent of a Woman. Woman, but it, I don't know if it had come out yet, or it wasn't. She wasn't a big movie star uh, at the time. She taped Nine Two One Zero that she filmed that, but by the time of this graduation episode, it had come out, and she had to give her consent because she wasn't a regular on the show. So that's interesting. The guest cast had to give their consent for the reuse in a different program in a different hmm. episode, um, but she did luckily. And um, and that the other point about that is that another great structuring thing of Charles, when you're saying, Peter, how did he, we fit everything in? So for Brandon, 
we just did a quick montage for him doing with the Dobie Gillis thing, which really dates us because we watched Dobie Gillis. <laughs> <laughs> little very tiny kids um but uh it's uh but you know uh, showing him with each different girl that that he had to you know make out scene with basically and um if you knew the scenes you knew them if you didn't you didn't but it was a way to it, instead of showing a whole scene it was just basically the kissing you know for a couple seconds and then you go to the next one and that's one way we got a lot of stuff in little tricks like that you know to to summon up the memories for the people that knew on that note about Brandon's uh, montage, and he says, uh, or Dylan asks him, uh, which of the of these of the girls meant the most to him, and he does say the the the, the skater. But I would have thought now, you know, knowing where it was with Emily, that he would have said Emily. Was that? I mean, what? How did? Why did you choose the skater versus Emily? Because Emily would come back the next year. You know, he goes and visits her and all that stuff. And there is this sort of like thing with Brandon and Emily. Right, well that but that that redeveloped sure when they saw each other. That that yeah. you know the, the the bond happened post high school as well. Sure. If he'd run if he had run into he, he was thinking from that point and at that point Emily was um you know the, the you know someone he loved but was wacky and it had well, so you're also skating Go ahead, yeah, you yeah. have to be able to get that lyrical ice skating sequence in. Well, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the romance of it was. Yeah, that was Paul, Paul Wagner's favorite episode. Because, yeah. But but they, um, you know, she was like a fantasy dream, you know, like sure. beautiful, you know, princess that he couldn't really get into her world. So, you know, you always kind of remember those things with longing because you don't, you know, you always want what you cannot have kind of thing. Yes. You, know, and you imagine what could be kind of, so maybe that was, uh, I don't know, this is post writing rationalization, but sure. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious for you, Dan, when you get the script and you see all these clips and what is that at first, are you overwhelmed by that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, what are we well, it's a real challenge. I mean, I, I was happy that uh, it worked as well as you did. And I appreciate what you said about getting in and out of them because that was the real challenge. I mean, how, challenge, yeah. how do you keep the narrative thrust going, the storytelling going forward and and actually use it to advantage, which I think we wound up doing by making it a deepening of each character moment as a rush. I remember that time it wasn't, you know, that's. I mean, that was kind of fun at the peach, but I think the first- That was how it started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then you, you, it's true. I mean, it was structured well so that you're gonna get deeper and deeper. So, you know, I did I did have to kind of develop a language that people would understand that would be consistent throughout. And we used, you know, it's a traditional one, but you know, kind of a push in. But then I definitely wanted that, and I'm, I appreciate your acknowledging, I wanted something coming out of it. So we didn't just, okay, we had that experience. Right, you know, right, so right, I, right. It, I always, I think I almost every time, if not every time, mm -hmm. pull back. So it's like we go in and then we come out and we leave the character somewhat changed. And that was, uh, that was just, you know, a, a, a directorial challenge that you have to, you know, you got to keep the story going instead of just having a lot of, throwing a lot of stuff at the audience. Mm -hmm. and, and and it's a big moment, you know, because we talked about it with Gabrielle. This is a big moment for the show. We're going to be moving the kids out of 
high school and transitioning him to college. It's a, it's a big moment. Like I talked about watching it in New Jersey, you know, feeling like they're connected to me and all this, and they're going through the same experience I'm going through as I'm graduating. Is any of that weighing on you as you're directing this episode or are you just kind of in the moment? You know know what I so appreciated watching it. I mean, when was this like 28 years ago or something like that? This was Mm -hmm. 1993. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really developed, I really, you know, I was at, I went to film school, but really my film school was 90210 because I got to direct so much. I was really moved by the fact that, you know, it's like, I watched, it's like, I don't know what I do terribly differently now. I mean, it's like, hmm. yeah, those are all, you right. know, it's like, and what I, and the, to your point, your question, one of the things I really enjoyed was how much I think we all captured the feeling of graduation and all that kind of, you know, that kind of, I guess what you refer to as B-roll. It's like, you know, the kind of the candid shots and just the excitement and a lot of foreground stuff happening all the time and, and, and setting up the chair. And it's like, you know, I, I, we all, you know, most of us have had a high school experience like that. And, and I really loved that we could kind of call on those memories to really, what were the images? What did it feel like? And I really am happy that it really got translated into the, into the shooting of it because it's like, you know, so much was contextualizing it. And, uh, you know, I got to just mention, since we're talking about that, uh, there was a very odd thing that happened on that prep because it's like I, I always, you know, go. Are you going school. back to Torrance High School? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I mean, I, yeah, one of us had to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the way I, developed to work was, you know, it's like I really would have, and Chuck mentioned it in another, another one of our podcasts, is I like to spend a lot of time just alone on the sets and kind of thinking of it. So I would prep and I went down one Sunday just to Torrance High, I just wanted to see the space. And it was because the stands had been put up and nobody was there. And I, I, that's when I, the images tend to come to me much better when I can just kind of be there and kind of dream the show and watch what wants to happen. So I got there, I think at 10 in the morning or something on a Sunday, nobody was there. And I'm just walking around, looking where, getting up in the stands, looking where would the angle be, where would Gabriel be, where you know. And I see below the stands is, you know, I, I'm, I don't even know why I went behind the stands, but I went behind the stands and I see on the ground this odd little box, and I look at it and I look at it and I see wires coming out of it. Oh, Jesus! And now I start to think, holy moly, here's this, you know, the most popular show with all of these stars about to sit in these stands and right below it look like something that could be a bomb. And I, I don't know who I called first, uh, but somehow the police probably called me, me or probably Paul. Yeah. But the whole I know your reaction to that call, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. The whole bomb squad oh. came down and, and, it, and they looked at it and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm certain it it turned out not to be a real bomb, but it certainly turned out to be something that someone wanted to look like a real bomb. So ah, it was a very, which also just let me finish, which also affected you know me on the day. It's like you know we had a lot of special security and everything like that. But anyway, what we're there, were say, men, there were men with guns on the roof, yes. snipers yeah. in the you know all around. You know, when, when, who stepped into this? I, I, I think, you know, Paul and I, we talked about it immediately. What are we going to do? What do we need? It was, um, 
it, 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 it had the materials inside, nails and things like that. It just fortunately, the, the whoever put it together wasn't a profession, you know, didn't work for Hamas. I mean, it was it was someone who didn't know much about bombs and in, in, in this, but it, it it did have some, you know some things that had it been a bomb and these things that would have thrown out and gone into active space. It would have been a, a horror show. Um, so Paul and I just, you know, we talked about what we would need to do and, and, you know, and tried to keep everything calm. And I remember that the next day, that Monday, Duke Vitson rolls up and this is, this is Duke's moment, you know, security, you know, the manpower, you know, where's the SWAT team? And it was, it was, uh, I always uh, remember, chuckle. At, at, at a lot that. of adrenaline, a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. And that. I don't think we told the cast. I, I think we kept it from uh, everybody. Yeah, I, yeah. It was yeah, a very I, small sure number of people who knew this. Our yeah. relatives hmm. that we put in as extras either. I don't think we told them. That we, we, we were looking, spotting our, our, our sisters and, and nephew in the background. They're behind. We, yeah, we positioned oh, like, our nephew. Positioned so well. Right yeah. behind Kelly Taylor. <laughs> and my sister Carol was sitting right behind uh, Jackie Taylor. So when you, you know, in the opening. So you would actually see there. Smiling faces when they were much younger, and uh, it and was. Andrew was right behind David as character. Yeah. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite things, and this is very, it, we didn't keep using real people's names, but I think Dan would appreciate that the first very, name called uh, was Gary Ashertel, yes. who was a of ours and, a, and they, still a friend. Almost, I almost can call him the legendary Gary Ashertel, actually, but. Yeah, he's, he's, he, I like that. I heard got to hear his name. So, Dan, you're working with this information about the bomb, and thank God that you went to do that. I mean, that must have been pretty intense for you while you're shooting that because it's enough dealing with the, the you know, the the oh. bombs that might be going oh, on yeah. on set. But now you've got this other thing on the back of your head too. So, how are you balancing all this? Yeah, out? you know, it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, pretty sure it was a Sunday, right, Chuck? So it was like the next, and I'm not even, I think it was maybe the next day we were going to shoot, right? Or the next two days after that? Or was it like... It was I don't right think it was the next day because I do remember yeah. us reconnoitering. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, of course it was nerve-wracking. But, you know, I mean, it was such a, a challenging episode because, you know, 90210 shot, I think the regular schedule was like seven days or something. I mean, I'm sure we got a little more time, but it's like, that was a huge sequence. I, I forget how long it took to shoot it, maybe two days. I'm sure it was at least two or three days for every, the rehearsal and, and then the final event and all that, but it wasn't luxurious. And, uh, you know, so I had my hands full just kind of, okay, we got to get this and got to move on to that and get, you know. So it, it was, it was, I had to have my kind of, you know, game face on the whole time so but in the back of my head of course was this thing i did feel confident by the made by the security measures that were taken i did i i think by the time i got there yeah. i think we're, we're going to be fine but and Duke it, Vincent would have personally handled it if he needed to take someone down right. remember it was it was 1993 not the 21st century yeah right it was a different different feeling in in, in that right. point you know I, I agree with dan we all we solved it. We're moving on, and this is just precautionary. You totally. know, that it wasn't a, an imminent threat, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Imminent threat, I should say. This this stuff with uh, Brandon and Andrea uh, writing feels like, or him helping her with the speech feels like Charles and Karen 
maybe a little bit uh, helping each other with the speech. Does it? Does it? Yes, it does to me. It did to me. The unfathomable paths. I remember <laughs> writing it there. The uh, the convoluted uh, language, etc. Although Chuck does tend to be a little more long winded in his prose than I am. He does use very long sentences, and that she was kind of emulating the most. Uh, the least uh, uh, easy speak, you know, it was just complicated what she was doing. She just wasn't in touch with. Yeah, I have an, I have an affinity for semicolons and dashes. I do. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I take this moment to make a shameless plug? Because it's kind of, a, you just provided me a segue to it. But uh, I've just written a book, actually. On oh, great. Yeah, oh, great it's going to be released in September. You can look oh. up. It's called Directing Great Television, Inside TV's New Golden Age. It's going to be released in September. It's on Amazon now. But you're, the reason that you brought it to mind is like, I am like Chuck in this relationship. And my wife is an editor and she played like you. And I would write drafts that were so, you know, you know, convoluted and qualifying and this and that. And she had to keep knocking me down and I'll take this out, take this out. So anyway. I got that's an applause, cool. but I'm also, you know. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I can't wait to see that. You, know, you know, the show was just on some list of the 25 best uh, teen shows of all time, and we were like, I think we were number four. Number four. Uh, yeah. Some people. Well, I argued. I argued that it should be number one, but you know. Um, um, and I and then I reminded Pete that he doesn't really know Friday Night Lights. Right. Yeah. That's true. And I used to say, in all humble. That when uh, the first episodes I watched of Buffy, I went shit <laughs> because <laughs> it was it was everything we did catching high school, and and then uh, and and then putting it into the supernatural. And I think you know, truthfully, um, we are nine hundred two and zero was very lucky, in my own opinion, uh, that. Amy Heckerling had problems getting Clueless made, which oh excuse me, Fast Times made because that could have been their clueless some of her movies were were really also catches it and and if she had gotten that made when it was that was about beverly hills and mm. and and then and then so the series never lived up to the movie but uh it was a great hats off to her she did two great depictions of high school uh, uh you know both in the 80s and the 90s Speaking of supernatural things, um, you we do this thing with seeing where Dylan is seeing uh, Jack in person, and I love this as opposed to seeing the bomb and all and all that again. You know, you you played it a, a little bit differently this time. Uh, talk to me about Dylan um, writing and Dylan seeing his dad at at graduation. Well, you I know, I can I just. I like I love the expression on his face that Dylan captured of Luke's face. He looked like a little boy. He looks, see that little right eye? He looked like a little boy looking at his dad. Like he's not the cool man, Luke. He's, you know, and, and I love that. That was the performance aspect of that. I do not remember. I thought it was a great idea, but you know, I love that he just appeared and there's no smoke and there's no, you know, exactly. sparklies or anything, but, but he's he, a part of the thing. Like he could be anybody that walked up to him. It could, you know what I mean? And it happens to be his father. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you remember writing that? I'm putting that together. Charles. Sure. Well, it, it, it followed through the fact that we had seen him before in season, uh, in one of the earlier episodes. I think it was child is the father to the man actually, but, 
that we talked about um, that he shows up there. And then we used it later uh, in, in season five. And it's, you know, you like, I don't know, you like to think, especially as we age, that the people we love and, and remember are around us in some ways, whether they whether they contextualize and we see them is, is, is different, but it's a TV show, so we can't see them. But it's a, it's, a, it's a great flashback to something that we all know happened without using a, another clip. You know what I mean? You used, it, you used it, the storytelling in a, in a different way, but still. Oh, yeah. Those memes oh, yeah. now, they say, tell me that your father died without telling me that your father died. Yes. And it was kind of nice, too, that you have the new age mother who kind of supports the idea that who knows what And didn't she look marvelous? And didn't all the women look marvelous? Honestly, yeah. I don't yeah. know. They all look, Denise Dows, Mrs. Teasley, everybody, Jackie, everyone yeah. looked so good in this episode. It was really, the cast, everyone was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about bringing back, you brought everybody, you pretty much brought everybody back that you could for this. But one. Yeah. David's no Felice Martin in this one. No Felice? And was David wasn't there, was he, either? And that's no. because she just did the whole, had the whole debacle right. with... And uh, Mel Silver wasn't, we didn't see Mel. Hmm. You know, there, we do have, as Dan will tell you, he's just been there in the front lines. There is something called a budget, and you can't bring everybody, you can't, you can't please everybody, so we didn't, we didn't include them. And, and notice that we didn't have anything from, and made no reference to Donna Martin graduates. We had already done that, mm. and we couldn't use any clips from those episodes because when we were in prep with this one, they were shooting that one. Uh, oh. That was the one that preceded this. So we, how could we use any of the footage? It, would, it, did, it didn't make any sense. We, again, we couldn't. So And it was just so recent, too. Like, it's like, That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and she does say something to – Donna does say something to Kelly. As someone who could, almost didn't graduate, I'm happy to be here. Or something. She does reference what, what had just happened. So mm -hmm. it's not like it's ignored completely. Well, one of the things that – I realized as we, especially as we became more more serialized, which really happened in season three, and and then moved on, is that you had to, and and I don't know if, if people do this today, Dan. I don't I don't necessarily think they do because they're streaming. It's so easy to get to previous episodes, but that I had to write the episodes for amazing fans who knew everything, like Pete. And then people who don't know the show so well, like Molly the dog, my son's dog. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, and you had to do both. So, you know, there were those moments. And, and I'm thinking particularly, um, you know, that one that I really liked with Brandon almost, you know, thinking that she's going to change, not go to Yale because of him. And we did that kind of subtly so that he didn't become obnoxious in it, you know, but at the same time, uh, uh, it got to be aired in, you know, their relationship. I also, uh, looking back, a little small little moment, but it stands out as, as I'm thinking here, is that we learn, of course, we made it that, that Steve put the Hartley house as his return address so Mrs. someone would know most likely that he was the one who gave the check. I love that. So that there was still a little bit of larceny in everything he does, <laughs> which I can relate to being a, a North of Sunset homeboy myself. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. I also, now that you mentioned the, um, Gabrielle, I'm, I'm sorry she's not here for me to tell her directly, but I thought that was a hilarious cut when uh, they're in the kitchen and says, yeah, what lame person would 
change with college they went to because of their because of someone who might be going to another school and then <laughs> with, that, with that goofy grin of hers it was very funny <laughs> the other thing that you guys are trying to you know talk about is this relationship and the and the triangle and all that stuff that's going on so talk to me about you know we're you know this is the end of high school, right? So these relationships are going to be shifting and changing, but it's important to acknowledge. And, and they always feel really great together, Brenda and Dylan. Um, you know, there's always a lot of unsaid stuff and said stuff, and there's so much chemistry going on there. Uh, talk to me about writing that out and not knowing, you know, maybe where that's going to go. But it, I think that's really great the way you left it. Well, I think that we, you know, every time, I mean, I mean um, you know, in the language here of, of uh, you know, that, that Iris McKay was like her son's uh, cock blocker, that every time there he was with Kelly and there he was with Brenda. And with Brenda, I think, I'm, you know, you look what's going there. They, you know, and, and Luke being the Lothario, good, a good word, he was ready to, I think he was ready to kiss her. I mean, that's the vibe I got. They were going to do something where it went, what it would mean, who knows? Um but I do, um, I think the indecision on our part had to do with when Brenda says, I'm going to University of Minnesota, we had no idea what that would mean. That was something that was, we better figure out how we're going to work with that. We, you know, the originally I pitched to Spelling that we should keep uh, Brian and David Silver in high school. Keep 90210 going and make this a college spinoff. Everybody had to be together. He, that was very important to him. And so Yale could not be either uh, mm-hmm. unless we didn't want, you know, unless we, he would pay off Gabrielle for the next two seasons, uh, you know, that because that, that in, in terms of the contract uh, or, or that would not pick her up, which was ridiculous because she was so popular and he knew that because we wanted to send her to Yale too at a certain point. Uh, but yeah, and you're not going to build Yale just for on you know for one character and have her have her you know things happening in her life. So she has to go to California University, right? But right. but, but um, Brenda goes to does go to Minnesota, and that must have been a tough thing to. There's a lot of things that we could talk about, and we don't have to get into the whole thing. But I mean, that was also sort of circulating at the time as well. What are we going to do with Brenda? Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. <laughs> That's a <great> <laughs> <laughs> yes. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. Yeah, about that. Leave it at that. Huh? Yeah. yeah, well, you know, Chuck came home. I remember him saying, so we're going to do, it was earlier where we were playing the arcs and so forth that he was saying, well, we have to, Mr. Spelling wants them all to be together. So we're sitting there going, wait, so David is how much younger than that? What is he actually Because, you know, they were in 10th. 11th grade for two years and then they were so we weren't sure um and it's like isn't that kind of unrealistic that all the best friends end up going to this now i did go to ucla and i had a group of friends from foothill high in orange county that all came together but they weren't all the best friend click click sure just they all knew each other but it, it just we were we were faced with a situation that is improbable let me say and tried to make it as believable as possible so that was the reason to. Yeah, let me just say, let me just jump in because yeah. uh, you know you remind me of something I completely forgot about, which is you know the issues around Shannon and all the questions of all that and everything. And I think the reason I forgot about it is 
I just fell in love with her watching this episode and all the flashbacks. I mean, she, she, was, she was magical. I mean, she just had, you just go right into her soul. It's beautiful. I mean, she really has something. And, and, and she's an incredible performer and it actually works so well that her character would be the one that went to Minnesota or someplace else. So it's one of, maybe it's a happy accident or whatever, however you want to frame it, but it, 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 it does work really well, and she does deliver that that difficult decision. Am I going to stay with my friends, or am I going to go back home? You know what I mean. And uh, she learned, you know, she learns a great lesson in that. I think, and a lot of people identify with that that particular storyline as they were going through um, some of that those similar decisions back then. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, she, I, just, I loved. Let me just say, I loved seeing. The isn't it romantic episode? The scene, you know, the sort of dramatic scene with Dylan. He throws the pot and they yes. their first kiss, which was my first episode that I wrote, and I was there when they filmed that. Very nostalgic for me to see that again in this context and how great that was. Uh, but then also so, uh, to have a clip that Dan directed the episode where the clip was taken from, like the French one and the when they're eating the brains and so forth, which I remember Dan did not like that scene before he shot it. He thought it was, <laughs> remember him saying in the, in the concept, what was it called? The tone meeting. He said, well, we've kind of seen this before. And Chuck was like, when have you seen this before? I'll tell you when you could have seen it before, Dan, if you would have been at our table in Paris, <laughs> when that happened, and guess what? Then it happened the next night too. We ordered something with a different name and brains came out. The one thing I, I do want to go back to one thing Karen uh, said though about the, the reality of kids going to the same college. Yeah. yeah. Back when we were students, and you know, and it was a long time ago when you know the universe and University of California still has incredibly high standards, but it was open the California kids who were inclined to be academic, went to UCLA, Berkeley. There wasn't all the spinner schools. I mean, Santa Cruz was new, Sandy, you know, new. So, you know, kids in California, the, the, the very few went, I mean, Dan Adias could have gone to any school he wanted to go to. And you went to Berkeley, right, Dan? I mean, if you, your first school. Yeah. So that's, and it was such a good bargain. It was where you wanted to go. And, and, and thinking about a kid's, I remember uh, one of our mutual friends, Fred Byrne, uh, went to Penn, and I thought, "Ooh, you know." And Mike <laughs> Chernoff went to Penn, and was a, now my kids went to Penn. It opened up and great, but why would anybody want to be anywhere else but UCLA or Berkeley? So that was, even though that may not have been true in the '90s, that was that was a governing spirit that let me rationalize that they'd all end up at the same college. Mm, got it. Um, I want to ask Dan about some of these scenes where we see the group together. I mean, yeah. this is some epic, incredible stuff yeah. that yeah. lives with all of us. Do you yeah. remember sort of, oh, and I want to talk about that too in a second. Uh, but do you remember sort of putting some of this together? And sure. yeah. yeah, I do. I, I remember that we shot it all in one day. It was a very ambitious day. So we had to shoot the opening, you know, the opening to the episode. And it was incredibly windy, which windy. So you can still see it. You know, it's just still hear it a little bit. But that was a challenge. Um, and I was impressed too that. Uh, I mean, I just came off a show, Billions, where you know the demand is you get close-ups of everybody and all this. And now we didn't have close-ups, and how nice that was. It just the kind of you know yeah. the shots and the sense of you know. But part of that was also the need of. Uh, 
you know, having to have a really, really challenging day because we had to do that opening. And then before we ended with the night stuff. So we had to do the departure in the, in the mid, in the, as the sun was setting, which played as sunset, you know, when they all get in their cars and that was, and I really remember, I want to just do a little acknowledgement of Rick Gunter, who sadly passed away, had a terrible illness, but mm. he was very helpful that day. And, and coming up with, you know, seeing the sun in the shot as they're departing to play like Dawn, we had to get all that. I don't recall when we shot the trek down the mountain. That may have been the same day too. And then we ended by doing the night scene, which mm. was their own meeting. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, I, as the director, I'm not really, the cast loved it because they were playing all their, you know, they were get to, and that was what you want them to do. You want them to love it because that was the feeling. They wanted them to be in that. I personally am generally trying to create the environment where they're feeling permission to do that while I'm anxious to do it. Time, we gotta get, we gotta get, the sun's setting, we gotta get back up the hill to do that. You know, it's all that stuff. That's exactly. <laughs> I bet you did it all in one day. I'm sure you did it in a one day. Yeah, I'm sure we did it back, back in those days. We would do, we because of this man, Rick Gunther, and the fact that at this point, we yeah. were really a well-oiled machine, and Dan knew yeah. exactly yeah. what he was doing, and there was a lot riding on it, that we we could we would shoot we would shoot eight pages a day sometimes, seven and a half, all of them. Most times. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. Our other yeah. shows are happy sometimes yeah. if they get four pages done. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we really we really were yeah uh, in many times dan especially in the in seasons four and five yeah we we would finish episodes in six and a half days we'd start shooting the next episode as we we would we're wrapping the last shot of the other because we had we could do it so quickly and get ahead well, of not ourselves. only that you'd get into that situation which has now been double ups you know where you'd be shooting mm -hmm. obviously two units and cast having to kind of hold in mind, you know, what story they're in now because they started the morning in one episode and they're now they're going to did the other. Did you shoot a double up? Were yeah, I think I did. I think, I think it was maybe those Occidental shows. Maybe it was those days. I, I'm not sure which, but I'm uh -huh. pretty sure I did. Yeah. yeah. You know what I want to ask you, Dan, you mentioned before, you know, for young directors listening to this, you mentioned before that 90210 is like your film school. What is something maybe that uh, maybe that you picked up while doing 90210 that you didn't learn in in going to film school? Is there something that that? Well, there's a million things you pick up that you don't learn in going to film school. In fact, I started mentoring some young directors just several years back, which actually led to me kind of deconstructing my process to describe it, which actually led to me wanting to write a book. Hmm. Um, where you don't, you know, it's like just there's so many things uh, that you don't it's like just the the need to be so prepared to to know to know what every character's motivation is to have a staging in mind which hopefully you don't impose the actors find it but you have to kind of nurture them to find it and then you can be open to, only by being prepared can you then be open to their ideas to then you can adjust because you know what the significant moments are i think in 90210 i that was really interesting i was a lot more um uh, I would say almost rigid in what I, cause I wasn't as, I didn't have that much experience. And sometimes with, with Luke and with Jason and with Steve, you know, Ian, you know, it's like, they were so free form that I loved that energy, but I, you know, I was, I'd say in the beginning of it, I was more concerned, okay, but are you going to, but I need you to be here and I need you to, you know, and they, you know, love to find it more. I remember one time they actually, 
We're actually calming. Dan, don't worry. It's going to be okay. We can do this. <laughs> and, uh, that was something I learned. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can trust in the process a little. There was a great shot in the in the basketball when they're playing horse in the in the yeah. yeah, I was looking at that thinking I was trying to remember. I wonder how many takes it took for, for, to make a shot for Jason to make a shot. Probably not many. They're both good. Yeah, athletes. they were athletic. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. definitely some uh, some little yeah. ad living going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, following up on what Dan said about the the. Uh, the looseness sometimes that the guys could bring that the, that the, the gals didn't um, was, you know, we would uh, not only in this episode, but almost in every 902 episode that we've watched in this year of our podcast that, you know, the writers have to scratch their heads and say, did we write that? Or was that Ian? <laughs> and, you know, mostly it's Ian, you know, who was or Jason, the, right? yeah. really at liver and he and Jay, um, uh, Luke, God bless him, would try to ad lib like them, and not quite. But those two guys were really, really a and, and I mentioned something that wasn't an ad lib, but I was just thinking the day, I, the one time I really noticed that the different era that that was filmed in and what the era is now uh -huh. is early on in the first episode when I said, I'm going to graduate, and he goes down the hallway and he just comes up to a girl and kisses her and walks yes. away. Everyone, that's a nice one. Boy, have times changed. be able to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I didn't go to a big high school like you, you're saying that's sort of universal. I went to a very tiny private prep school in New York City, and, uh, you know, there were very few people at my graduating class. That spirit, that energy that he did with that kiss and all of his excitement, we're graduate, all yeah. that kind of pent yeah. That is the universal thing. It's not so much yeah. the actual rituals, but I mean, I mean we do, yeah. really like it, but, the, but the feeling, that feeling, yeah. that difference. That, that. Well, when we were watching it yesterday and the song came up, School's Out for Summer, you said, oh, that's my song. That was our that was song. When we it was like, came out like the year before I graduated. Yeah, exactly. We I want to ask you too, Charles, about this, about this, changing the uh, sign and all of this, right? We need to talk about this. Yes. Well, that, well, that's a visual effect. We didn't yeah. really change. Yeah. I, right. But was, that based, was that based on an actual senior prank at your high school, Charles, or was there well, one? No, or no. There had been, well, the thing about the Hollywood sign, it was originally Hollywood land and the land fell off and there was the Hollywood sign. And it was kind of disgraceful. But for years, and I can't tell you even what decades, the, 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 you know, the, it, it, it was in complete disrepair. And you'd still see the letters up there, but they'd be falling down. And and at one point, I believe the person who finally paid to get them um, restored was Hugh Hefner. Hmm. And and but people did go up there, and I think that like an SC fraternity, I think once did beat UCLA or so, something like that. And there was one hippie one, you know, stop the war or whatever it would be, but. It, it was pretty much left alone. It wasn't an important, it wasn't central to the imagery of Los Angeles at the time. And then of course it has become that, you know, uh, um, the, what the, what, what Pete I think is referring to is that we, we begged, Dan, I don't know if you remember this, you probably weren't, this was a post-production thing a little bit more. We begged Mr. Spelling to let the West Beverly high morph in, to 90210 and morph out. Just that, that we wanted that to happen and he would not break the fourth wall. And mm. I, um, 
you know, I, I, I think I wanted a day if we would be together, if he, if he wouldn't be so rigid and, and, and realize it would be okay, but couldn't, couldn't convince him. So you said this is from 93. How difficult then is it to achieve or for both of you to achieve this kind of visual effect back in 93? I'm sure today would be. Oh, yeah. well, Chuck would know better. Chuck and Karen would know better how it was handled in post because I, I just assume, yeah. I just oh, yeah, we, we had our, you know, yeah. our, our post department, Dave Semmel and Ken Miller, and they yeah. just they just did it. I mean, I, I, but I got to say, you make a good point because I, I, I don't recall if there were uh, many visual effects throughout 902. I know you guys could comment on that, but boy, the world has changed. It's yeah. just now, now to the point where the one thing I regret about it is you become inured to, you become, you're not impressed by things happening when before, when you knew things like the, the uh, chase and what was it? The uh, French connection, you know, that real car chase going through all this stuff. It's like, well now, yeah. Okay. Was that real? Was that not, you know, it's like when you see something when you know it was real, it's uh, something anyway, that's not exactly answering your question, but well, it, 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 it's, it's an interesting, it's a very yeah. interesting point. I, you know, yeah. and I think about the, we did a couple of episodes in San Francisco, Dan, to, to with following up with Emily Valentine and Brandon in season four. And all I remember saying to the directors is just make it clear that we were here, that this was a real cable car, that this was real, that we did. And anytime we went anywhere, it was Cabo, or Palm Springs, that we were there. And and uh, and as Dan says, now that's meaningless. Um, I remember, did you ever shoot American Dreams? Yeah, a couple of them. So, so Dave Semmel has told me that when they did all of those scenes, uh, there was a subplot, one of, the, one of their characters went to Vietnam and they recreated Saigon, yeah. then it was all CGI. It was, they, were, they didn't recreate Saigon. And I went, oh my God, the business is really, I'm already obsolete. You know, yeah. you know, our one episode with a lot of effects is that that Christmas one with the it's a it's a very happening life, you know, yeah. inside of did everything. And one the dreams of Dylan McKay too. Very, yeah, stars yeah. talking. It's very primitive. <laughs> it's yeah. really primitive uh, now looking back, but that's that's us. Yeah. It was. And even then, I knew it was primitive, but I realized it would be it would be fun to have it be so primitive. It was worthwhile but, doing. Also, just a word on the changing technology, just because it is such a long span, and we're looking back. And you know, the, in the pilot, they had somebody with a with a, a car phone. You know, a, yeah. you know, there was a car phone, and that was all you had. And then in this episode, now it's three years later. They're talking about Dylan's getting a cellular phone, you know, he's because he has the money and oh, one day there'll be a video phone. Oh my goodness. You know? And, um, oh, and even Brenda's getting accepted to college was a thick envelope, you know, right. yes, yeah. existing where you just turn on your computer and you're, you know, you know, so all those little, um, things, those antiquated now things, uh, are very interesting to me that, and, and it would have changed, you know, having cell phones and having all the technology would have changed a lot of plot points. I mean, it did. and I've been told by our younger fans, that's an appeal of the show to see what life in the nineties was like, all the things that you had to go through to be there. It's a, uh, uh, someone, you know, you don't have your phone to check where, how, how far away are you now? Or, or you actually had to watch the night it aired or you missed it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the biggest. Yeah. That's really yeah. the biggest one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it would be hard, Dan, and and I, I guess all shows are the same. You know, and you do the you know the top of the line shows, but 
you know, the idea that when, when, you know, you, when you had to be on the night, had to watch it the night it aired, there was a thing of, you know, in, not only an opening, but there was an importance to it that we're on right now. And this is what matters. And I know, I think of all the shows you, you had, I don't think we missed the Sopranos once on a Sunday night. You know, we, we watched that show and it was, it was this, if you, and that's why I think some of these streaming services still do them one at a time and they don't let them all come out at all at once. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like they used to call them water cooler shows. You know, it's like that that, that next day at work, everyone would gather around the water. Did you see what happened at so and so? Yes, yeah. I miss that. I think we all miss it. It's just like you know now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I feel that way. There's so many great shows on that I don't even know about. You know, someone's yeah. oh, you got to watch that. And it's like it's just we've lost something at the same time we've gotten something. You know, we've got it's, a lot more content to choose from, but not the communal. Yeah. Experience yeah. of seeing it at the yeah. same time, although they, they do that, you know, they tweet along and stuff like that. Sure. But but also, yeah. Uh, yeah, this past year there wouldn't have been anybody at the water right. cooler anyway. That's fair enough. I want to ask you before we wrap this 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 iconic shot. This becomes pretty popular. I mean, you know, in the history history of nine hundred two and oh, do you remember this and putting that together? That last, it's such an awesome. So awesome shot. Yeah, it was just, you know, a big crane we pulled back. And uh, I, I got to say, I mean, I, like I said earlier, it's like even though that was, a, you know, it's more towards the start of my career, I really felt like, yeah, I don't know what I'd do any differently. That was just, that was really a nice shot, how people would. What I, what I noticed in that shot was how everybody joined. Was all, I think it was all in one where you first saw Luke getting out of his car and coming up. And then and the others, and you, I think you saw the cars mm -hmm whatever, but everybody kind of had pulled in in time enough to fill in the frame in time enough in real time. And then uh, I may be mistaken about that, but I think so. And then and then the pullback and then wanting to be high up to be like kind of as if from the signs point of view, what they were looking at. So they all look back at the frame. Uh, I don't know how many takes we did. I was really appreciating the energy everybody brought. And I think Ian was the first one who did a kind of hands yeah. up and Luke kind of mimicked him and mimicked they, it, yes. they just play it together. It was so, it's like they were one organism. It was really kind of fun, really wonderful. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Pete, Pete uses the word iconic a lot. I think Melanie would agree with me, but that <laughs> image is the iconic shot of our yeah. series. That's the one they use to promote it. It's, it, it is, it remains fixed in fans' minds. For sure. And for you, for Charles and Karen, at this point, the season's wrapping, right? Um, where are you guys, think, what are you thinking about next season and all that stuff? Are you in your mind, like this is, I mean, obviously the show is great. It's a huge moment, but there is college that's looming and you don't know what's really going to come from that. So what is your thoughts as you see this season back then? Well, you'd be surprised. You know, I, I, my part of my job was to be ahead of the curve. Right. So I, I actually saw and have in my, my files here the the letter that I wrote to Spelling and, and, and John Littman at Fox about this is what where we're going to be going in the fourth season. This is what we're going to be doing. This is what we're going to be looking at. Fraternity sorority, this, college issues, um, um, you know, franchise, you know, wh whatever it was about and, 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 and you know, how we were going to shift to Occidental College, just different things like that that we, we had to prepare for. But I know for Karen and I on a personal level, yes. what it meant was there were no summer episodes and we could actually have a summer. And what, what, and we, you know, 
in our circle, you know, people would go away on trips with their children in summers. In television, <laughs> in television, especially when you're running a show, you can't do that because you're starting to film or, you know, or prep and the writers are there. The show gets in spring. You can't. People who take vacations in show business, usually it was in late spring. Um, and I remember Karen and I in this episode, we, we had won a, in an auction a trip to Jamaica and we went down to Jamaica and kind of, you know, recharged to come back and write this episode, uh, actually. And. Um, but in that we we got a beach house for the whole summer, and yeah. and uh, it was it was really a wonderful. Uh, it's the summer of our lives. It was a beautiful house in Malibu, and and we um, and we just got to recharge. And we'd have and the and the writers would come out. We'd have story meetings there, and uh, and I didn't know Larry then. And you know, and the moment I saw him catch a wave, I said, "Oh, this guy and I are going to be friends." And yeah. uh, and you know we we had uh, it was it was a really good time. It was uh, it was a high time for us as the end yeah. of the third season. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff, uh, Dan. Thank you for being with us. Uh, I'm, I'm such you, a fan of your work and whatnot, and I love talking. And I can't wait for your book to come out. I'm wait for the book. Yeah. Autograph copies, please. Yes. <laughs> Um, and it's it's just absolutely awesome, Chuck. I think we're going to attempt to cover Unreal World next week. We'll see, um, and uh, so that's where we'll be. But I want to let the fans know that we are pre-recording more episodes as opposed to doing them live. I know everybody's kind of getting back to some sort of version of normalcy, and so we're uh, sort of trying to do the same thing and uh, fit what everybody's scheduled. But the shows the show must go on might be just a little bit different how we present it. Um, all right, guys, this is uh, this was great. Really good episode. And uh, we will see you all next week. Thank, Thank you, so you everybody. All right. Bye, Bye everybody. Yeah.